Hello, this is Ken Ferry with this week's Boots in the Field report. Today we're, we're going to start out with a, a crop report coming in from our field agronomist, Matt Deusterhouse over at Quincy, works with our customers over there at the Ursa Co-op. And Matt, you've got to be in the toughest spot that we got so far within our customer base. You guys uh, it's kind of hoarding the rain on us, uh, uh, giving you some tough conditions over there. Kind of kind of give us an update of, of, of uh, what you got out there as far as uh, your, your crops as they stand today. Yeah, we've had uh, kind of limited opportunities, it seems like, compared to what we've been hearing from eastern Illinois and uh, the Iowa country. Um, you know, there's there's been a couple different windows to stick some corn and beans in the ground. The first stuff was there right after Easter um, in and around those dates. And we, we had some variable stands, and we talked about that earlier. Um, most of that corn now is pushing V5, V6, um, looks a lot better from the road, um, starting to green up. Some of it's still in that ugly corn stage, but um, you know that corn's starting to get off and rolling now. The stands aren't any better than they were um, you know, two weeks ago, but again, looks better from the road. The beans, early April beans are looking good. We kind of avoided the frost issues that you guys um, saw over there. Um, then our second window was kind of late April. And it looks like that 26th, 27th, um, in and around that time frame is probably some of our best corn stands um, and bean stands across um, Western Illinois. And I think that's probably where we're gonna see the most potential um, over here. And we had some, some good temperatures following those planting dates, not a lot of rain. Um, and most of that corn came up pretty well. Um, then we got into the 5th, 6th, 7th of May was kind of our next window, and we were looking at a pretty cold forecast when we were planning around then, um, and the forecast was cold, and we got that, um, you know, when you guys had the frost was that 9th of Mother's Day, and we talked about shutting down corn planters before then. Um, we got the cold, we got some rain, um, and we have some issues on the flat wet soils um, in this area. We've got some pretty tough looking stands and you know, followed that cold wet weather with some extended warm wet weather. And I think we're gonna have some um, plenty of replant issues with those planting dates. And then our last kind of shot was the 13th, 14th of May. Um, and some of that corn's popping through right now, but it was followed with about seven consecutive days of rainfall and nine days with no sunshine. Um, so on the flat wet areas, um, any, any ponded or seeps, um, we've got, we're struggling with some stands there as well. So, um, you know, in the area, the late April stuff, we've got a lot planted in that window and there's a lot of good looking stands in the area, but there's some tough spots out there as well. You're dealing with the true Mother's Day massacre that we seem to be uh, hard to shake with. We, we have uh, some seed chilling from our stuff that was planted in that fifth to the ninth range. Uh, and we definitely are losing. We can tell now we're gonna lose some of the stand count there, but um, we didn't get the moisture that you got. And then you stacked the moisture up on top of that. So you kind of double whammied yourself there with the seed chilling and then the saturated soils coming out of the backside as those temperatures came up. That's a little bit of a mimic of what we saw, you know, last year here where we, we got back in and then uh, then the rain started to come after that. And 
and you pick what a couple three inches on top of a soil that was pretty well loaded with water already. Right. Yeah. Every time we we get dried out just enough to plant, you know, that week from the fifteenth through the twentieth, we had about three and a half to four inches, and it was daily rains that were four, five, six tenths up to an inch at a time, and just repeated rains kept that soil really wet. And I think we ended up short of oxygen on some of those seeds in the wettest areas. Now the slopes, um, you know, we've got tough stands, but um, there might be enough to leave depending on when the replant decision is going to be. We're looking at 25 to maybe 28,000, uh, maybe 30,000 in some of the better areas. Um, but definitely going to have to make some decisions here um, whenever it does dry out again. So uh, with rain in the forecast today, you, you, you're probably looking at the middle end of next week, you think, before you're going to get a chance to make a shot at replanting some of that? Yep, yep. Stuff was still still kind of wet, depending on where you were yesterday, and it's supposed to rain all day um, today on Thursday. So we're about another week out, at least, depending on what the what the forecast holds. What's left to plant for the first time over there, dealing with all that water? Um, there's quite a bit of beans left to finish up. Um, most guys probably two or three days away from finishing beans if they're not done already couple corn fields left here and there, but for the most part, um, I'd say all of the corn has been planted the first time um, by about now. So again, a few scattered fields here and there that are left to go in, but um, a lot of crop is in the ground. You know, we, we've been somewhat fortunate to, uh, I guess, in, in most other areas as far as the replant that I've been dealing with has been mainly uh, in the soybeans. Uh, still dealing with the, the frosted soybeans and figuring out what we're going to replant and whatnot. And most of that is in the northern part of our territory up that Interstate 80 corridor up there. Uh, and um, a lot of those beans did survive and, and came out of it. But I've still been walking fields this week as growers trying to make that decision. And as we are throwing the hoop yesterday and doing some counts and stuff, um, a lot of those beans came back and in some of the fields we're in, they were from 50 to 100,000 in stand. Um, but there was about 10% of the stand that hasn't showed any new growth. So the cotyledons are bright green, the stem is solid, but there's absolutely no sign of new growth on those beans. And this has been far enough from the frost, far enough, uh, enough GDUs that, you know, when you see no regrowth, even though the cotyledons green, we got to put them in the dead column. And that's some of the things that we were looking at yesterday. There was kind of hanging in there while you had plants that had already put on two new forked uh, trifoliates uh, as far as resetting the growth. And then the bean next to it's still bright green. So you want to believe that it's alive. You want it to be part of your stand count, but it's not. Now, again, most of it, most of it, uh, that I've been walking the last few days is not worth replanting, if, especially if you got, you know, Liberty beans or something where you can make a, a second pass on the herbicide. We did replant some in our uh, uh, trials that we had or some plots where we had strip till, no-till and cover crops. And it's the, the no-till, the low-lying areas that got us in trouble. And, and we went out um, some yesterday and the day before, and we, we used Yetter's resweep. I'm telling you, Matt, that was pretty slick. Uh, as far as we peeled those beans out of there and put the other ones, put the other ones right back in its spot. Um, 
it's a game changer, I think, when it comes to, you know, making decisions if you're going to pick the planter up or set it down. Now, again, we only had an eight row, so that made it a little bit easy, but I watched rows on my side of the tractor and Isaac was driving, watching them on his side and we'd say, put it down. And when we both come to the agreement that our rows were good, we'd pick it up. And uh, in a short amount of time, we patched in, um, we patched in a, a number of beans and we did some of some corn replant the same way. And we, we did set, uh, we got blocks for this year's field day and our corn college event where we actually uh, run this tool and, uh, and be able to show, show everybody what it looks like. But, and I, unfortunately, it sounds like you guys could use a truckload of them over there for, for the mm-hmm. amount of issues that you're having. Uh, from what I understand, talking with the guys is they're, they're pretty much sold out, meaning that you can't get them, you can't get them for this season anymore, but um your guys may want to take a look at that when they come for the field day as far as a pretty simple little device. But man, you talk about a 90 plus percent control of, of the existing stand, which that's a, that's a frustration we're going to have to face here with these guys. What do we tear up based on the, by the time you guys get back in, it's now June. So definitely going to have to use our, our replant calculator to help make some of those decisions. Yeah. And that's <clears throat> the nice thing about that tool is, we don't have to worry about guys thickening up the corn stand because wherever they drop the planter, they're going to take out the old stand as long as they can stay on top of that row. So makes the kind of two decisions turn into one and a little bit easier. Right. And you're going back with your full stand. Plus, uh, you don't have to worry about your starter, your nitrogen. It's all right back there in that same spot. As I watch this week, and, and you can predict it, um, pretty much uh, on time is the soil temperatures, the minimum soil temperatures this week have uh, stayed above 60 degrees. And, and you can mark your calendar as soon as you see soil temperatures above 60 degrees nighttime that the ugly corn phase kicks in, meaning that there's such an explosion of microbial activity that they start to consume all the nitrogen, phosphorus, and sulfur in the soil. So this is the start this past week of the ugly corn syndrome. Um, even fields that were, you know, nice and lush and green on Sunday by Wednesday, they're starting to show shades of yellow and streaks. Uh, if you had any, uh, issues out there for some of this corn is big enough. It's also starting to transition from the seed roots to the crown roots. So if you have herbicide issues, wheel tracks or anything like that, on top of that, you have the transition for some of this bigger corn to the seed roots and the ugly corn happen at the same time, it can really make for some interesting patterns and streaks and stuff like that out in the field. We're seeing quite a bit of ugly corn fire up this week. Uh, what are you guys seeing over there? Are you seeing the, the, the aspects of, of, of the carbon penalty kicking in? As yeah, we, we've probably, we, we've been in the ugly corn state probably a little longer than you guys warming up a little quicker, but we're definitely picking up anhydrous streaks. You know, guys have put it on at an angle um, or a slight angle, there's a pretty good size difference to the corn. Uh, you know, also in some of our nitrogen plot plots, we're starting to pick up pretty good differences. We've got 45 pounds of nitrogen on with the planter in a bean stubble scenario that's looking better and greener and bigger than a full rate of anhydrous um, with nothing applied on the planter. So that just goes to show you how important that placement is and managing the carbon penalty and keeping the crop happy um, while the microbes are doing their thing. Yeah, and, and, and you can tell it on a, if we put the anhydrous on it at an angle in, in the green streaks that are out there, that's telling you that the, 
the plants right over the anhydrous mark are probably getting finally to some of that nitrogen so they're staying greener and everything in between, which also is what you see in strip till when you've got your nitrogen below the strip and you wander on and off the path, uh, track, um, you on and off the strip, that corn really shows it pretty quick this week and next week anyway. Um, and mainly there we're talking about fall anhydrous that's you know, been put in six to eight inches deep, that type of thing. Uh, it's down there. And, and just like what you're seeing in our plots over here, it's amazing what uh, 30, 40 pounds on the planter uh, is doing as far as the corn. And even some of that in the heavy strips of carbon behind the combine and stuff, some of that's showing just a little bit of yellowing too. And it is until you see the strip with nothing on that you realize that it's a lot better shape. But it's a, um, and it's it's probably going to be hanging around for a while. One thing about the ugly corn period is right now is when we are starting to deal with uh, the G hybrids. So those G hybrids that spend much time in that um, window where they're yellow and and having trouble, they're gonna they're gonna get dinged by the yield, just kind of like our our plots, our hybrid characteristic plots here at the uh, uh, campus, 15, 20 bushels sometimes. If you let a G hybrid stay yellow, matter of fact, I would say if it goes yellow, you're going to take a ding. And if it stays yellow for 10 days or so, you're going to find out that instead of 16 around, that guy's going to be 14. Around. So insect front out there, as far as what are you guys seeing uh, uh, from insects? Um, haven't seen much, but the uh... Yet we are still catching some cutworm flights in the trap, so that that cutting that we're expecting to start um, and see some anytime, maybe um, you know extended out there into June a little bit later. Um, haven't seen any wireworms like you guys, but we are maybe getting a little concerned or or prepared for army worms with the uh, rye uh, cattle guys chopping some rye and getting ready to mow hay and stuff like that. If we've got field, fields that border those areas, uh, we need to be watching out for the army worms um, picking up and moving to some new growth. Yeah, and it's kind of the same here that the cutworm are just getting started. We Our flight catches tell us the heaviest of our cutworm issues is probably gonna be the 5th of June, which will miss the early planted corn. Um, Everything that went in after Mother's Day is going to still be susceptible to to those flights, but I think as our pest team's got to stay on top of that. And wireworm is uh, still generating more calls than I anticipated. And this week we had to replant some corn uh, due to wireworm, and and some of those fields were earlier planted fields, so they didn't have a strong stand anyway as far as ear count goes. And then we start to give up another seven, eight, ten thousand plants to wireworm. That's that dead center. You walk out there and the corn has got a dead center to it and it's wilting. You dig it up, you'll find the wireworm going through the crown uh, of the plant. And remember, these wireworm are out there six years. So it's it's unfortunately, as as some of these fields are coming down to the wireworm, it's, it's more plants die every day. It isn't like a passing that they're going to be gone in a week or so. They're going to be there. So when we go back in to replant these fields, and we've had to do that um, again this year, you need to go back in with protection. You need to get your wireworm rates up high enough. I am not sure why we're dealing with so much wireworm the last four or five years. Uh, I'm gonna guess that the pressures are starting to build and we're gonna have to go back to trapping wireworm and get an idea on the numbers. Uh, I can't believe they're 
they're building resistance. I just think the numbers are are getting higher than what some of our lower rates on the seed treatments can handle. Um, good thing to drop a pin if you're out there and you find wireworm issues. We had wireworm here at the campus uh, yesterday we were taking pictures of that I hadn't seen in a while either, but meaning dead plants or dead center. So drop a pin and mark them in because they're, they're going to be there a while. Did have to replant some beans, or not replant, but uh, spray some beans uh, again this week for bean leaf beetle. That little booger keeps hanging around. I think that threat's about over. But in a couple of isolated situations, they the pressure just got too heavy, and we had to we had to take them out only in their spray. Um, June bugs started to fly this week, so you can tell that that June bug emergence is is underway. Um, all in all, I would say we're doing pretty good from from the insect front right now, as long as the pest teams uh, stay on top of that. Other area we've been dealing with is nitrates. Had a good round of nitrates this first week. A lot of guys are pulling and side dressing. Um, and I have to say, as I look over the nitrates coming in and haven't done that many, maybe 50 or 60 or so, uh, looks like they've been pretty nitrogen friendly for the most part. Um, we can account for all the nitrogen that was applied, except Pat, for the few that you're shipping to us got me concerned. Uh, that's the one area where it, your nitrates so far don't look that good. Um, and, and I assume again, it's going back to all the water that you guys have had over there that we haven't had. What kind of rainfall have these fields been receiving? Yeah, we've, <clears throat> we've only had a limited number of nitrates pulled, but when we look at the rainfall since the middle of March, we're sitting at about 15 inches over here, more or less. Wow. And I think the way that it's come, is gonna result in some, I mean, we expect to see some nitrate loss over here with what we've had, you know, a couple two inch rains back to back and repeated rains on saturated soils is what we know that flushes a lot of nitrate. If you talk to guys driving by and watching tiles run, seeing a lot of water run out the tile, we know that there's probably some nitrate, um, you know, moving with that. So I, I'd wanna encourage people to pull nitrates to try to get a look at what we have for nitrates right now in the season, get a balance sheet of what we've applied and what can we still account for in the soil. Because I do think with the 15 inches of rain and the back-to-back -back repeated rains on saturated soils, we're going to see some, some nitrate loss. So it's, it's too early to walk away from this crop. And you know, even if we've got all of our nitrate or nitrogen already applied for the season, um, you know, we can go out there and check and make sure that's going to be enough to get us to the finish line. Yeah, and it, you're in an area that's pretty heavy fall anhydrous, and especially those guys that have fall anhydrous without an inhibitor to protect it. Got a good inhibitor on, that's going to make quite a difference. If you didn't, you're going to have to pay attention. And, and again, you know, nobody likes to put the extra end back in there. Well, today's corn prices, it's too expensive to run out and a lot of times what we're talking about is running out, you know, in August at the back end when, when the D's are filling. If you got a D hybrid, you got to make sure that you're not going to cut it short on end. Just like, you know, the G hybrid, we don't want it to have an ugly day on the front end. These D hybrids, we'll take the feet right out from under them if we run out of water and, uh, or nitrogen in August. So I guess we better wrap that up. But we did get everything planted here at the Corn College site for our summer field day and the Corn College event. We even did go in and replanted some frosted beans and stuff. Um, so we're, we're locked and loaded, ready to go there. The, the plots are really looking good. 
the crews have been hammering hard on the summer soil testing uh, situation. So um, they're getting along good, but make sure you got your, your soil test orders in for summer testing while they're out there knocking it down. And, and I guess at this point, it's all about nitrate testing as far as uh, making sure everybody follows the system, fills out the forms, send them in. The more detail we get on the form, the better rec that we can give you. Matt, I'm gonna encourage your guys over there to, to get some nitrates pulled so this uh, 15 inches of rain doesn't turn out to be a surprise on us in August. Yep. With that, we'll wrap her up. To stay up to date, check out our website at croptechinc.com and subscribe to our podcast, Boots in the Field Report. Keep her safe, keep her moving.